0: Whoops, wrong music. Hi everybody, this is Hub, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Tighten Up the Defense. The, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and call it the number one podcast. I'm just going to leave it there, it's the number one podcast. No, that, that's a, a bit too much even for me. The number one podcast that follows the exploits of the New Teen Titans and the Defenders. Man, that's a lot to live up to, I know. It's a lot of accolades I just heaped upon myself. But uh, you know what? I, I think that together, you and I, dear listener, I think we can do this. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Most, if not all of you, uh, had previously followed our exploits uh, chronicling the original Teen Titans. We, I think, covered all 59 of the appearances of the original Teen Titans squad from the 60s and 70s. And now we are headed into the brave new world of the 1980s and the Marv Wolfman George Perez Teen Titans. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, next week, we will be back with an episode chronicling the adventures of the Marvel team, the Defenders, from the early 70s. So yeah, I hadn't originally known whether we were going to go on and cover the new Teen Titans after we finished the original Titans run, but we got a lot of very vocal support for the idea of us doing that from you listeners, and so thank you for that. So we are going to go on and do that. But I also just really love 70s comics, so I wanted to do something that anchors the show back where... That stuff is going on, and so decided that, yeah, alternate weeks, we're going to cover the Defenders. Got a a heck of an issue that we're going to cover here. It's DC Presents number 26, and there's a lot going on in it. This is where the New Teen Titans make their debut, although there's kind of an asterisk by that, because chronologically, it's where they make their debut, but it's kind of a weird way to start the series, because it's in a 16-page preview that's an insert in this, and... I think Wolfman and Perez do a good job with it, but I don't want you to base the series on this on this preview because it was written as like a special promotional thing and was written after they had completed the first couple issues of Teen Titans. So it came out before them and it's set before them, but it's set as a flash forward to events that happen later on. So it feels a little bit out of place because the construct of the story has to be that it doesn't affect anything in the story arc that comes later, and it doesn't really mess with the introduction of the characters. So I think they did an interesting job with it. But it's by no means a perfect piece of work. That was way more introduction than I meant to give that. Are you guys ready to hear a synopsis? I think I am. It's been a while. My, my, I'm ring-rusty from uh, not being in the podcast ring, I guess I'm calling it now. Oh, deary, deary me. Today's Synopsis Rhyme is submitted by Cecilia Hudson. Thanks, Cecilia. There's a new Teen Titans and you can't stop this. These new kids are here to stay. This change might frighten, but don't you dare drop us. Beaky wouldn't want it that way. Tune into this station and hear the synopsis. Do it now and don't delay! Aw, man, I wish I had a working knowledge of how to work effects because I would totally put a delay effect on me saying delay. Wouldn't that be quite a time? Ah, anyway, thank you very much, Cecilia. I've been sitting on that one for a while. DC Comics Presents number 26, October 1980. Between friend and foe. Written by Marv Wolfman, jotted by Jim Starlin, with inks by Steve Mitchell. And this is the main feature of the story, so it does not feature the new Titans, it's a Superman Green Lantern story. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern of Earth, is checking in at the JLA Watchtower to do a super half assed job at monitor duty when he gets an emergency call from an old friend of me a kinda dickish Green Lantern from Cygnus, who is named Archon Zegamora, because aliens need to have names with an appropriate apostrophe placement. Hal scampers off to Cygnus to scope out the scene, but when he gets there, Archon is acting super sketchy. Well, turns out it's a dang trap. That's not Archon Zegamora. It's an evil tub of alien goo who killed Zagamora and dressed up as him and stole his power ring. What an asshole. Uh, at least this evil alien doesn't have a stupid, unnecessary apostrophe in his name. Just kidding. Of course he does. I said he's an alien, didn't I? His name is Nagon, and he's super old and powerful and has a twin brother who he hates and blah, blah, blah. So, basically, the big old alien tubagoo knocks out Green Lantern and steals his power ring. Fortunately, Hal goes all Doctor Strange and sends his astral form out of his body so he doesn't die. Neat trick. The goo creature dresses up as Green Lantern and sends a message to Superman. When Superman shows up, the goo monster is all like, Hey Superman, it's me, Hal Jordan, you should come closer so we can hug or something, and I totally won't steal your energy, promise! But, for some reason, Superman is a bit suspicious. The goo monster uses his power ring to fight Superman to a standstill, but then the real Green Lantern jumps back into his body and hits Nagon on the head with a rock, distracting him just long enough for Superman to punch the shit out of the shape-shifting turdbag. Hal gets his ring back, and the two heroes head back to Earth and save a construction worker. Hooray! Then we get a backup story called, Whatever Happened to Sargon the Sorcerer? It's written by our old friend Bob Rosakis, drotted by Jose Delbo, with inks by Kim de Mulder. So, a tour group is on a guided tour of the Sargon the Sorcerer Museum, which is totally a thing. The guide explains that Sargon was a hot-shit magician who was super good at sorcery and used his powers to fight crime, except for sometimes when he used them to do crimes, and that he got his power from this awesome gem called the Ruby of Life, except for that there were maybe three rubies of life, and sometimes they might have turned him evil for a while. Maybe? Then he retired. Anyway, there's the ruby right over there. End of tour turns out Sargon himself has been listening in on the tour, and he's a little concerned. Not only with the lack of tour guide-specific knowledge, but with the fact that there has been a bit of a magic-fueled crime wave lately, and he's a little bit worried that the rubies might be making him evil again. Oh no, his suspicions appear to be confirmed when he passes out and then wakes up in his apartment inexplicably surrounded by stacks of cash. Man, I hate it when that happens. Sargon is about to turn himself in when he notices that all the money has the same serial number. Well, that can only mean that he's innocent and being framed by the evil wizard the Mattermaster. Of course. Because, um, just, of course. Anyway, turns out Mattermaster wanted to steal the ruby of life so he framed Sargon because that's how you steal a magic ruby, I guess? Sure. The two mages have a big old magic fight, and Sargon wins. Hooray! Then, we get to the reason we're covering this issue. Where the Nightmare Begins. Written by Marv Wolfman, drawn by George Perez, with inks by Dick Giordano. New Teen Titan Roll Call. Robin. Kid Flash. Wonder Girl. Beast Boy, who is now calling him Changeling, but I'm still gonna call him Beast Boy. And introducing... Starfire, Cyborg, and Raven. Robin has one hour to foil some terrorists before they blow up a Starlab scientist and his solar reactor. The boy Wonder exclaims that he has an idea. Well, if that idea is to rush forward two steps and then pass out for no apparent reason, then he executes it flawlessly, because that is exactly what happens. When he comes to, Wonder Girl is there, telling him that he's late for a meeting and ushers him into a giant futuristic T-shaped building called the Titan Tower. He has no idea what the fuck is going on. Inside, he meets up with Beast Boy, who is calling himself Changeling now. Yes, because nothing intimidates evildoers and lets other heroes know you've really got your shit together, like naming yourself after a baby goblin. Well played, Beast Boy, which is still what I'm calling him. Beast Boy cracks wise and sasses Robin. A half-naked, half-robot dude named Cyborg sasses Robin. A half-naked flying orange lady named Starfire flirts with Robin. He still has no idea what the fuck is going on. I can relate. Kid Flash shows up with Raven, a sorceress-slash-psychic-slash-empath who dresses like a sexy druid. Raven explains that a scientist at Starlab has opened a portal to another dimension, and a big old alien tub of goo, no relation to the tub of goo from the Green Lantern story, has oozed through and wants to turn our atmosphere to methane for some reason. Maybe because he loves farts? The teens zoom across town to confront the fart monster. Raven sends her astral form to investigate, but the fart monster traps her soul inside of it. Starfire and Cyborg try to blast Raven's soul out of the fart goo, but to no avail. Suddenly, Robin passes out again, and is back outside of Star Labs where he started out. Once again, he has no idea what the fuck is going on. He figures it was a dream and takes off to fight the terrorists, soliloquizing as he does so that Batman is kind of a dick. Hmm. Fair point. Then he gets dizzy again, and wakes up finding himself back fighting the fart monster with the other teens. He has no idea what the fuck is going on. The Fart Monster is kicking their butts until Cyborg uses a sonic weapon that seems to hurt it. They are able to free Raven's soul. Hooray! They chase the Fart Monster back to Star Labs, and the scientist who started all the trouble tells them that they need to suck all of the air out of the room so that it can't make any more farts, and then push it back through the hole it oozed out of. They do it. Well, mostly Starfire does it, because she doesn't need to breathe oxygen, apparently. Hooray! And Cyborg yells at the scientist, because it turns out that the scientist is his dad. Fair enough. Suddenly, Robin is back where he started. He has no idea what the fuck is going on. It seems that while he was out of it, he thwarted the terrorists by mumbling in his sleep something about sucking the air out of a room. (laughs) I just like the fact that Robin defeated a creature by sucking all the air out of a room, which I kind of think is his go-to. Naturally, the police rushed to obey the commands of a semi-conscious teenager, and once they did, everything worked out fine. The confused crime fighter finds himself being thanked by cyborg scientist dad, who he has now never met before. He figures the fart monster fight must have been some kind of crazy dream. Raven shows up in the background and gives a little speech about the new Teen Titans being No figment of your imagination! Indeed, Robin, they are your future! A future that looms ever closer! So, in summation, it was all a dream. Or was it? What an original and entirely satisfying way to end a story. Hooray! And joining us for our first episode of Tighten Up the Defense is our special guest, my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How exactly did you mean special? i I been uh, You're great. Oh, thanks, buddy. No problem. <laughs> so, yes, what'd you think? Out of all of the different things that were going on in this book, the Titans part, for me, was the most intriguing and enjoyable. I completely agree with you. They're... I have some issues with it, too. It's overall kind of a jumble and kind of a mess and a weird way to make a very influential team's debut. Yep. But let's start unpacking. Let's get the uh, the non-Titan stories out of the way first. Sure. What would you think of the Nagan and Green Lantern Superman story? Um, I thought that the Nagan, or however you... The weird melty turd monster. The turd monster had a pretty devious trick of (laughs) killing somebody and then inhabiting their body and memories to use to lure other people to their certain destruction. Except for that it didn't actually kill them unless it was a secondary character who was not important. Because when he did it to Green Lantern, then Green Lantern is just like, oh, I... Was able to separate my soul from my body because I guess I'm fucking Doctor Strange all of a sudden. Well, he saw the attack coming and just pulled his, got his strange (laughs) off. Yeah, (laughs) did that. Okay, so one thing I did like about this story people react to traps the way that they should react to traps, which is not to walk blindly into them. Mm. And if one of your friends is acting weird and saying, uh, no, you need to come closer, just, just, Shut up. Just come closer. I need to show you something. It's me, your friend, Corey Whitney. For real. Come closer to me (laughs) so I can tell you the secret. You know what, Corey? I'm not going to do that. Mm. See? It's counter to all of my Teen Titans training thus far (laughs) that tells you that when somebody has a trap, the only way to defeat that trap is to just walk into it and fall for the trap. Mm. Maybe while wearing disguises. Yes. And probably get hit over the head. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that Green Lantern didn't do that. And just instead separated his astral form. There's a pretty great sound effect. Oh, a full pay, a full panel that is pretty much just the word "scablam." Oh, I wrote down a different one. Oh, what was your sound effect? Um, it's it's from later. I don't. Oh, okay. no, 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 wait, no. Wait. I don't want wait, to spoil yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, I thought "scablam." Was there a scab called "scablam"? I was just thinking. I'm almost certain like, there goodness. was. <laughs> like, it so works. this is. Nineteen eighty, I think. So it would be like a mm. second wave ska band. Mm-hmm. So I don't think at that point they were using pun names. I think that's more of a third wave ska thing. I think so too. But still, scum wave. scatolites. Okay, yeah, but that was first wave ska. Yeah, so puns it's just maybe the early eighties. For... They skipped a generation. Yeah, man. So okay, obviously decided to name the podcast tight enough to defense. I've clearly turned around my thinking on puns. <laughs> But I was, I I remember, I think Lisa was telling me that uh, one of the first times we met, I had this diatribe about, like, how I didn't care for puns. And I thought that uh, there's a time and place for puns. And the time is never, and the place is Thai restaurants and ska bands. (laughs) Well, okay. Tough criticism. Yes. And also kind of a nonsensical statement. In my defense, I was drunk and was also kind of an asshole. I'm glad one of those has been cleared up. Yes, I am quite sober. <laughs> also not true. We have been <laughs> hitting up the podcast juice a little bit in preparation for this most momentous occasion, our relaunch of the podcast. Yay, yeah, it feels good to be back in the back in the podcast seat. Yeah, back in the seat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a couple of more things before we dispense with this. Story, uh, just for notes ahead, Nagon looks like a melting turd. It is a I kinda want to sign up for monitor duty. Like that seems like just, a pretty good time. Just hang out and watch videos. Yeah. Oh, um yeah, you just books. hang out and watch videos, read books, but you're doing it on like a satellite that's Unless orbiting the Superman. Earth. And then you get a they're like a stick in the mud watching the monitor the Dude, whole time. That's on him. Mm-hmm. It was he just didn't bring any shit with him. Mm-hmm. I'm with Green Lantern on this. Yeah, I'll let like, it dial in? He was like, I got some books. I got these Dodgers tapes. Right. <laughs> to watch. Right. If the, if something's happening, then the monitor will go like, bing, <laughs> or, or something, I guess. Or he be. can just program. Maybe he can just program his ring to just be like, ring, be on monitor duty for me. Mm. I'm going to go uh, watch some. Well, I guess he couldn't watch internet videos because there wasn't an internet yet. But yeah, Dodgers game. Mm-hmm. Read some books. Just kick back. Yeah. Chill up on the satellite. Superman had no problem with that either. He was like, oh. He's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm I'm been a dumbo this whole time. Yeah. Watching the monitor. Have a good time. Yeah. All right. See ya. The other thing was the construction worker in this, that Superman's about to save the construction worker. Mm -hmm. It's like... I was worried about The emotional ride the construction worker is going on. Falling off a building. Oh, shit. I'm going to die. Superman shows up. Is just about to grab his hand. Then Superman disappears. He's like, oh, shit. I guess I'm going to die again. Mm -hmm. Then... Out of nowhere, a giant Green Lantern cushion, like, shows up, and he falls on the cushion, and he's fine. Yeah. Because there were, the dimension they were in was in the fourth dimension, and time was different, so they could zoom back, and Green Lantern knew that somehow, because he's fucking, like I said, he's Doctor Strange, apparently. Right. Yeah. But from the construction worker's point of view, these superheroes are just fucking with him. So bad. So bad, when he is maybe about to die. And I think it really gets brought home in the final panel of the comic book. <laughs> he's <so there's>, confused. <laughs> I don't think he's confused. I think he's, he's angry. just over this shit, and he's holding his hands over his ears as Superman and Green Lantern are talking. So he's just like, fuck this, you guys. Stop fucking with me. I'm just trying to do my job. And they're having some kind of superhero banter, and he's just like looking distraught and holding his hands over his ears in the background, and I love that panel. I read it as he was holding his head, just like, you know, how, like, when your brain is just like, ah, like, what is just like, I have to hold my head in place because my brains are so scrambled. I'm assuming my head is moving around very quickly. And that's why my thoughts are so scrambled. Maybe So if I hold it in place, maybe my thoughts will settle. Yeah. Or like something really bad or surprising happens. You never just grab your head with both hands and just like, you know, just like, ah, no, Oh, you should try it. Okay. The other day at work. A woman probably in her mid-sixties. We were showing the debates at work. It was super busy. But uh I, I work in a, a movie theater slash bar. And this there was a huge line. This woman, like I said, probably mid-sixties, walks around the line, gets one of my coworkers' attention, and says, I need to borrow your bottle opener <laughs> because she had brought her own beer. Oh. When he explained to her, No, 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 you can't bring beer into a bar. We sell that and we could lose our license with the state if we let people bring their own alcohol in. He took the beer from her and she grabbed it back and tried to take it back and said, fine, I'll just put it in my purse. And he's like, no, we will hang on to this until after. And then as you're leaving, we can give it back to you, which was very nice of him. Mm -hmm. And as he was trying to explain that situation to her, she put her hand over her ears and (laughs) and walked away so she wouldn't hear him (laughs) talking. Whoa. Yeah. That is like some next level six-year-old shit. But when you're old, you can do that. Oh, yeah. When you're fucking old, you can do whatever the hell you want, yeah. but you shouldn't. Well, yeah. I mean, technically, but still, you can. <laughs> no, just kind of Corey, funny. you're getting a totally wrong message out of this you're just viewing entitlement as a superpower, pretty much. It's not an entitlement. It's, uh, uh... Yeah, it is absolutely entitlement. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm not going <laughs> to argue that point. <laughs> I was pulling for the old lady for a minute, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I'm so glad. Anyway, I feel for that construction worker. Yeah, he's like that old lady who couldn't <laughs> drink her own <laughs> beer at your with her hard burn. Anyway. Uh, you ready to move on to the Sargon story? Yeah, what there is of it to move on to. Okay. Here's what there is to cover. Mattermaster's clothing. Let's uh, let's reopen <laughs> okay, the segment, sartorially speaking. Or challenged, is it? <laughs> I <laughs> fucking love that outfit. <laughs> Does he? Oh, man. He's wearing this, like... It's like a wetsuit. Pointy... It, okay, yeah. It's like a wetsuit with, like, a, wizard ha- a combination wizard hat cowl. Yeah. It's a green wizard hat cowl that has not just stars and moons but also planets on it. Mm-hmm. It looks so dopey. It's like a combination cowl wizard hat. I'm gonna say like elf hat and um, like Christmas elf like, not like, like fool. not like Legolas. Also. Oh yeah, or like yeah, like kind of a jester okay. but just with the one point, not like there's yeah. I think a jester's got to have like two or three points. Probably. But like, if you need a was... reference point, we can go downtown and find some dudes with devil sticks. See, <laughs> so you sure you don't got an old hat laying around? My, did you have my one? stupid hat that had <laughs> bells? Did not have points on it, and I never used the devil sticks. <laughs> you never used them? No, you, you had some. You I, just I didn't. I them? didn't even have them. <laughs> I did have a stupid hat that had maybe a couple of small bells on it, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I was young. It was, it was a different time. Yeah. Yeah, we've we brought up this whole different time thing before. God damn it. I'm not saying this to, like, justify the segregation. <laughs> I'm just saying I had a dumb hat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, Mattermaster, pretty rad outfit. Just one other thing. It's The story doesn't make a ton of sense, which is super surprising seeing as it was written by Bob Rosakis. Right. Just really quickly to touch on the uh, Superman Green Lantern story, mm. the Jim Starlin art, pretty great, yeah. especially the extra dimensional stuff. I always love Jim Starlin. Yeah, it was good. He did a really he did one of my favorite super weird stories that was a Captain Marvel issue that is mostly an acid trip where Rick Jones does acid and hangs out in the end dimension. They call it the vitamin C episode because, like, he's backstage at a concert and somebody's like, here, take this pill. It'll make you feel funny. He's like, oh, yeah, what's that? And they're like, it's vitamin C. Real Mm sarcastic-like. And that is all the plausible deniability he needed that he didn't know he was going to be tripping balls. Sure. But Jim, Jim Starlin wrote and illustrated that, and the trippiness, extra-dimensional stuff kind of comes through in the art for that, and mm. I thought it was good. The thing that I wanted to bring up about Sargon story, kind of weird, kind of a nothing story. Always liked Sargon, the magic pow- two magic-powered dudes fighting each other. It's just a license to make up your own rules for whatever's happening, and it seems kind of bullshitty. But there is a line in it that is the museum director is explaining. For some reason, Sargon used the ruby for his own benefit at the expense of the rest of the earth. But I feel like every Bob Rozakis short story should contain the words, for some reason. <laughs> Possibly every panel should have the words, <laughs> for some reason. Of, in the footnotes, if they have them. Yeah. yeah. So was there anything else you wanted to bring up about the Sargon story? I, I got, as short as it was, I actually got a little bit confused. Well, that's because it didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. And it brought in all these disparate elements. So Sargon's this old DC character who hasn't been seen in a while. I get the impression that I haven't read a ton of DC Comics Presents, but I think there's a whatever happened to one of their characters that they haven't featured in a while. Mm -hmm. And with Sargon, he's a sorcerer. I think that's kind of all there is to him. He's Mm. got a mystical ruby. But yeah, this brought in like, oh, but there's three different mystical rubies. And sometimes he's good and sometimes he's evil. Rosakis is definitely like a DC continuity history buff and like looks Mm. all this stuff up. But I think he has a tendency to... And then it would be cool if the paintings stole themselves. Yeah. Yeah. The characters in the painting come alive and then steal the paintings. Sargon assumes that he did it because only he could do it. It's, it doesn't know. make any sense. There's a ton of guys in the DC universe who could do that shit. There's a ton of different magic guys. And, yeah, one of them's Mattermaster. And it turns out Mattermaster did it. But Mattermaster was busy duplicating the same $100 bill to, to Plant on Sargon. And so he's like... New York City apartment. Uh, right. And he's like, oh, if these, if these $100 bills all have the same serial number, therefore, this is Mattermaster. Problem Yeah, solved. sure. Exactly. For some Why reason. not? For some reason, <laughs> for some reason, that's gonna, that's, we're gonna have to add that. To the I, yeah, I, I I like that, and I think that maybe maybe that should be a new segment. The for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a busy Just one. The the thing that happened. Let's do that. In each issue from here on, we'll pick out the thing that happens that doesn't make any sense, and we'll call that the for some reason. Good. So ready to move on to the Teen Titans? Sure. What'd you think? It was also confusing, but. Yeah, actually, I liked it, but but it was a weird way to... Inter- so I'm not super clear on the whole history of them having, you know, gone through the, the past run that we went through. Sure. And introducing the new characters, Cyborg and Raven, etc. Well, I, I know, and you had asked me some questions about it beforehand, and I declined to answer. Not only to be a dick, <laughs> <laughs> although to be fair, that wasn't none of it. But you are hitting this... At the exact same point that the, I mean, not the exact same point, because you probably have some background knowledge of the characters existing, at least. But new readers at this time, this is the first appearance of the Titans, and they're thrust into it in the same thing where you are, where you, you don't know who any of these people are or how they interact with each other. Well, they know they know Robin, right? Because of all the, the TV show. And yeah, they, and they're just like, why is this guy so confused and so derpy? Wait, they know him because of the TV show? I guess, I well, no, they probably wouldn't. So, like, the they bat, know that he's TV been show. thrust forward into the future and he's their teammate. No, I mean, I mean, the readers. Oh, the reader. Okay, yes, yes, no. Okay. The readers, like I said, same point as you. Yeah. They've read that, maybe have, they have read the Teen Titans comics. All of the characters are established except yeah. for these new characters that we're introduced to. Right. But the ones that you don't know, nobody knows at this point. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. But it's confusing because they're like, hey, dummy, you totally should know how, who. Well, and we it's confusing are. for Robin. And it was kind of problematic for me that he didn't, at some point, just start playing along. Because throughout it, he is continually just like, I don't know who you people are. What's going on here? I, and and they keep interacting him with him on the same level. They never quite believe that he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But he just keeps reiterating, I don't know what's going on. Who are you people? And at one point, he is like... It's when they're in the middle of fighting the fart monster. (laughs) It's a creature made out of methane. I'm not going to say it's not a fart monster. So they're fighting a fart monster and he says, when this is over, I want answers and I'll get them. Even if I have to take these other Titans apart. It's like, whoa, dude, nobody's not answering your questions. Mm -hmm. Like they're being like, they're giving him any information that he asks for. It's just, they all know him. He doesn't know them. Mm -hmm. And like, Two of them are his really close friends, Wonder Girl and Kid Flash. Mm-hmm. He's being kind of a dick. No pun intended. I mean, wah, he is wah. Dick Grayson. They keep calling him um, Robbie and other like short like diminutive forms of Robin, too. Yeah. It is funny to have a nickname for your like call sign name. Mm-hmm. There is also something that Marv Wolfman doesn't. He does it in the Superman Green Lantern story, and he does it in this one, where... Chris Claremont gets criticized and correctly for doing this a lot and I'm I've been a big I, I've been outspoken about the fact that it bothers me that he will like a radio drama have a character narrate what is happening except comic books are a visual medium and so you're also seeing in the panel exactly what's happening and it comes across as both redundant and kind of insulting to the artist I think mm. but there's a bunch of that that happens in this issue where Robin will be like, he's turning himself into a bear. And you see Beast Boy turning himself into a bear. Such a cute, like, chubby, like, green polar bear, (laughs) too, like, diving into this cloud of amoeba. Yeah, it's Um, pretty great. But, like, he keeps doing stuff like that, and it kind of bothers me. And I, I forget what the circumstances were, but I know he did it in the Superman Green Lantern story. And he also does it, it's a slight variation on this, but where he will have a character... Just through soliloquy, for no reason, provide a ton of exposition on what's happening, mm-hmm. and it it comes across as kind of forced. And I know to introduce like, let's see how many new characters are introduced. There's Three: Cyborg, uh-huh. there's Starfire, uh-huh. there's Raven. Raven, and then yeah, the others are established yeah. characters. Oh, well, Beast, changes, Be- Beast Boy changes his name to Changeling. Uh-huh. Which, sorry, Changeling, I'm he still did. calling him Beast Boy. So his name's Beast Boy. Uh and presumably he wants to change it to like get rid of the boy part because he thinks he's getting older because he's like a more an older teen at this point. Sure. Changeling I always think of as being an infant. Like a goblin infant that's replacing a baby. Sure. So in changing his code name, he decided to go way younger instead of older. Mm. It's a weird choice. Yeah, he didn't read the same books or see the same movies. Yeah, well in his defense I don't think Labyrinth had come out yet. Oh, okay. Uh but outside over there. That was established. That book freaked me the fuck out. What? It's a a children's book called Outside Over There that's about a changeling. When you said that, you gestured with your thumb. (laughs) And you said outside over there, and I got nervous for a minute. (laughs) Corey, I want you to come closer. (laughs) Come closer. It's me, your human friend, Corey. Uh, (laughs) Nope. Well done. That was a test. Thanks. You passed. Sweet. (laughs) You get to live another day. You had some questions about some of the characters? Well, I was just wondering if, if this was the first instance of their appearance. Yes. This is the first appearance of Starfire and Cyborg and Raven. Mm. And yeah, it, it's, like I said, it's an interesting way to introduce a whole new team and to put Robin of the in the position of the reader of being like, wait, who are these people? I don't know these people. It would have been so... Terrifying to have an experience like that, where you're basically bouncing back and forth between these two similar but yeah. different realities. That that part of it is is kind of clever, but it's very jarring for it, a new it's, reader. Yeah, it is jarring, and it's also he never catches up. Like it's not like at any point he's like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. And also part of what I think is a good idea about having a point of view character, like somebody who, like the reader, is in a new situation is having people explain it to him and then that way you get to provide exposition that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in this issue. Nobody mm-hmm. ever explains to him what the situation is. And so we're kind of along with him just being kind of confused and it is a little bit jarring. He also has a super dumb plan mm-hmm. to fight the terrorists. He's just going to run up there. Gonna, he says It's great. Like, the cops are there. There's a building that is. is being held... Ter- Star Labs, mm-hmm. science building, being yeah. held hostage by terrorists. hmm they call in Robin, apparently. Which seems like a weird move. Batman was probably busy. Yeah, I guess. Where they're having trouble, too. Yeah, they're they're on the outs. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough. That's part of why he's all topsy-turvy. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no, it is part of why he's all... Well, I think the coming unstuck in time thing has more to do with it <laughs> Than him being like, You well, and Batman are kind of on the outs. Mm. Although, yeah, that, that probably does play into it some. a double whammy. Yeah, at least double. It's a a multiple whammy. Mm. But so the cops are like, all right, here's the situation. He's like, let me guess. They want their demands met. And the cops are like, wow, you're good at this. (laughs) Spot on, Robin. (laughs) Damn, you are a professional. We called the right guy. He's like, don't worry, I got an idea. And he goes two steps and then passes out. Now, granted, at that point, it's because he's becoming unstuck in time. And whatever weird shit Or maybe not even time, dream-like. just like dimensionally. I think it's forward in time because he's going forward to a time when the Titans all know him. Like oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, it's not an got alternate it. universe, I don't think. Confusing, but you're right. But, like, I guess his plan was to just charge into the building. But he's like, that has a light bulb go off for him. And he's like, I know what to do. I'll go in there. Well, he got a new uh, rocket hook. Rocket Uh, grappling hook? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He calls it a rocket grappler, which uh, made me think that it was a guy who wrestles rockets. (laughs) Uh, We could use him back at the old Enterprise. Oh, man. All those runaway (laughs) rockets. (laughs) Well, again, a big part of this was because you... Rocket Wednesdays? Well, (laughs) it was because you didn't think pilots needed to show up on time. For those of you who are a little bit lost the and much, much like Robin was, <laughs> I implore you to listen to our special podcast that was for Patreon donors only, in which we discussed that like the brothers in the hit sitcom Wings, we once ran a business together, except for instead of terrestrial aircrafts, ours was for spaceships, we were a NASA rival for quite some time. And Corey was very lax in astronaut employment regulations it's pretty harsh man i just wanted everybody to have a good time <laughs> i did not want people to have a good time Corey. i just wanted them to show up how you at your... some point before the rockets went off hey top talent you gotta make it a fun place to work if you'd like this to make a little bit more sense donate some money to <laughs> us on patreon <laughs> and you too can listen to that weird episode that we made anyway yeah So the other weird thing about the way people are treating Robin in this is, like I said, they called him in to deal with this terrorist situation. Seems like an odd choice. He has so much pull with these guys that he goes a few steps, passes out, then wakes back like a cop saves his life from getting shot at because essentially he's like, I've got an idea, stumbles in front of some bullets and a cop tackles him, saves his life. And then he's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm cool now. Uses his rocket grappler. To go to the top of Star Labs. He's like, I'll go on the roof. Then he falls down again. Yep. Then another cop shows up. Saves his life again. Yep. And as he is passed out groggily, apparently, at least, the cops have to at least suspect at this point. Like, is he just, like, having the heroin nods or something? Something's up with this guy. He keeps, like, going a few steps. Then, like, going, whoa, and passing out. And then mumbling in his sleep. In his sleep, he mumbles. Let the air out. And they're like, well, you're the boss. Mm-hmm. And they just start following the orders that he gives when he's mumbling in a seemingly drunken sleep. Mm-hmm. Seems like an odd choice for a bunch of uh, SWAT team cops to do. Sure. I guess that's all I wanted to say. It seems weird. Totally weird. Okay. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll I was pay. right there. I was. Yep. Yeah. Same page. Yeah. That, We're good. Okay. We have an accord. Ah, finally. So yeah, they let the air out, and that defeats the fart monster. That fart monster was gross, dude. That fart monster was super gross. When it and punched Cyborg, it looked like a big dick. He I know, punching dude. Him. I wrote that down, and I wrote, the, I wrote down like, oh, dude, new Titans have a different version of dick punch <laughs> than the old new Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, best dick punch. <laughs> yeah, he, he forms a dick and punches Cyborg. Oh, bad dick for yeah. Cyborg, man. <laughs> It totally is. There was another thing I enjoyed. I enjoyed his kind of strong language. I like the <laughs> fact that uh, Beast Boy keeps trying to come up with a new catchphrase for the Titans. And they don't have it yet. They do come up with one eventually, but I don't want to spoil it for oh, you. Oh, okay, okay. But he he's like, up, up, and nah, Superman wouldn't let us have that. Oops. He's like, yeah, Titans assemble? It's like, no, that's already taken. I'm like, oh i get it wink wink there's a the distinguished competition is uh -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i thought that was kind of fun but that is immediately followed by starfire picking up robin and saying i'll carry you like i always do and holding him like just cradling him like a child like a child like like a a toddler basically like a yeah a sleepy toddler and he's like all right i'll oh this is fun," but i really like the fact that that is how she always carries him it's It's cool. There's, I forget what comic book it was. I was reading in some comic book. I think it was maybe one of the Robert Kirkman Marvel team-ups from like about 10 years ago or something like that. But there was a conversation between two superheroes who were talking about like, why do people who can fly always pick us up by our armpits? It's super uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, that would be kind of uncomfortable. The, The way that Starfire does pick up Robin, especially she at least hints that like, they have some kind of a relationship going on. Mm. She's like, I love you like I always do. Mm. And now I'll pick you up and carry you like a toddler mm. to our fight. Yeah, it seems nice. But yeah, she, she's kind of weird. Yeah, She's an alien. And also when he sees her, he says, a golden girl. I wrote that down. <laughs> it's like, that's right. This is before Golden Girls was on. Mm-hmm. So he probably didn't mean that she looks like Betty White or Estelle Getty. Or the other. I think you mean Rue McClanahan and shit. The old one? The old one was Estelle Getty. Oh. Although she was actually the youngest of them. What? I know. what why B. Arthur. Oh, yeah. The most famous. Yeah, B. Arthur is maybe. Is well, B. Arthur. Uh, Betty White's probably Betty, more famous, Oh, now she is. Yeah. She's also, I think, the only living one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, mortality. I know. It's awful. I always thought that Blanche was too slutty to die. <laughs> There's that sh- uh I love the Golden Girls. I really, really unironically, love the Golden Girls. It was on so much. When there was... Yeah. Just like the... When when there were three channels and... Yeah. yeah, It's... I was talking with this about somebody. Like, just like that period of like, I'm getting off work at like two thirty three in the morning. Or I'm getting home from a bar at like two three in the morning. I guess I'm watching Frasier or Highlander because there are three channels and... That's what's on the ones that aren't showing infomercials. And Golden Girls for a while was one of those, too. And I think it's a great show. Warm the cockles of your heart. <laughs> oh, Blanche would have fun with that line. Yeah. It's like pretty much every other zinger in that is like, oh, Blanche, you're such a whore. It's a great show. Yep. Good times. <laughs> Golden, <laughs> Golden Girl for yes. space. Yeah. But yeah, so when he says Golden Girl, obviously, brain goes there. Yep. But, cool. but his didn't because there wasn't a show. No, hmm. no. And she's kind of golden colored. Yeah, more orangey. Yeah. yeah. Could be an ink. Touché. Mm. You think she's supposed to be golden, not orange? Well, he did say that she was golden. Or maybe he's got some color issues. It's, I feel like golden girl was probably a phrase before the sitcom, the golden girls. And then that was like why they named it that. No, like golden years. Yeah. Like, like so he was like silver means you're old. Right. gold is like super old. Oh, really? <laughs> Like you win, <laughs> you win the oldness competition. Yeah. yeah, they're like in the like the. So like, if you make category. it to a hundred, then are you like platinum? Oh, platinum. Yep, platinum, platinum, that's, diamond membership that's circle. That's the way I <laughs> see it. Nice. That's what I'm shooting for. Oh boy, am a am I like a tin boy right now? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's not. want to assign medals to us. Yeah, we're too young. Yeah, and vibrant. Next, so we establish a couple of things here. One of the things I did like about it, Beast Boy is pretty annoying to me. What are your thoughts on Beast Boy so far? Did you find him charming, his banter charming? Charming is not the word I would use. No. Amusing, for sure. Amusing? Yeah. Yeah. I found it pretty annoying. Hmm. Uh, It's but authentically annoying. Like, this kid is trying too hard, but I think he's actually trying, like, Wolfman is actually trying to establish some character with Yes, he is insecure, and this is how he tries way too hard. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty effective. I think this makes more sense than the way that Speedy was often written as being insecure, so he's an asshole all the time, Mm -hmm. or Mal was insecure, and so he was always trying to prove himself. Mm -hmm. The only problem I have with it is if you have insecurity be a character's defining characteristic, then it kind of precludes growth. And that's something I think we should keep an eye on as we go forward. Because I think that's a problem I kind of have with Beast Boy as he is portrayed. Are you ready to get into the minutiae of things? What? All right. So, we had talked. I don't know if this applies yet. For Best Dialogue, with the Haney issues and with the first Teen Titans run, we did Best Slang. Mm-hmm. Now, If any slang comes up that that you think is really on the button, then I think we should hit that too. But I think where there's less of this, and it's in the 80s, well, wow, man, I would love it if there's some good 80s slang, but we didn't really hit any of it in this one. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe we'll do best zinger. Because there's a lot of zingers flying back and forth. I got a zinger for you. Okay, what's your zinger? Let's see. It's, it's, it's from your favorite character, Changeling. Oh, okay. He says, holy hankies, if that isn't a yuckoid from outer space, I have Jimmy Carter. <laughs> that is very topical. Which, yeah, you know, framed it. No, that's, that's pretty good. And, okay, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, he calls, a, he calls a guy a Yekoid. He calls the fart monster a, a Yekoid. There's a zing in there. It's kind of a zing. I think Yekoid is probably a step up from fart monster from space, but, meh. uh Mine is directed at Beast Boy, and he is, for the nth time, trying to establish to Robin that he would like to be called Changeling instead of Beast Boy, mm-hmm. which, sorry, Beast Boy, as I said, you don't get to choose your own nickname. Shaq kept trying to do that didn't care for it Mm. a lot of people try to choose their own nicknames you don't get to choose your own nicknames but cyborg says you should have called yourself the jerk it'd fit better (laughs) and i think that's just classic i gotta i gotta runner-up singer which is also from cyborg and that's when he refers to the fart monster as a jello reject (laughs) pretty good Pretty good. You're not even good enough to be Jell-O. Yeah. Zing. Jell-O Yeah, take that. Oof. Yeah. Pretty good. This is a line of dialogue that does not fit into the zinger category, but it does more fit into the, this seems like a trap. And it's something Kid Flash says when he shows up, which totally made me think like, oh shit, is Kid Flash an alien who's trying to trick them at this point? The dialogue he has is, hope I'm not too late, guys. I was in the middle of a school test. (laughs) Ah, yes. That is so stilted. Like we have at school. Yes, like we have at your Earth schools. Humans use them. (laughs) I was late taking because I was participating in my human school test. It's a very good Uh, reason to be late. Yeah, indeed. So, did you have a favorite panel? Yes, my favorite panel was on page three of the uh, the Titan story, and okay. it was, I titled it Herp Derp Robin, and it's the one where his eyes are going completely fucking sideways. Oh, is it because he's being transferred, he's like being like, whoa! Yeah, and it's just, it's just his face, and like literally his pupils are like drawn on the outside of where right. people's eyes normally are. I gotta say, overall... Artwork is great in this. Mm-hmm. I really... We're going to see a lot of George Perez's art, and I could not be more pleased about that. It It's really clean. It works really, really well. I had a couple of favorite panels. One of... I think we've discussed both of them at least briefly. There's the new Teen Titans dick punch. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and there is also... I called it the up, up, and away, and it is the Titans all flying into action and cyborg is jumping really far all of the other titans are flying with uh, beast boy having changed into a giant green eagle and it's really dynamic and also the fact that robin is being carried like a toddler is terrific mm. and i really liked it now we had established earlier every issue has a speedy who is the worst titan mm. and an aqualad who is the best titan so who is this issue speedy for you which titan did the worst well, I, oh man, I feel like I'd I'd put a lot on Robin for being a jerk, but, you know, I'm going to do it again. I, okay. Circumstances were probably beyond his control, blah, blah, blah. Right. But he did a terrible job. He really did. He really did. And that is my choice as well. Huh. He he never, he never really, I, I get it, It's a difficult situation to adjust to, but at a certain point, if you're trying to accomplish things, you just kind of go with it for a little while and be like, all right, I've got a lot of questions. I will get to them later. Mm-hmm. But no, he never did that at any point. And to have him be the point of view character was kind of frustrating for that reason. Mm -hmm. Contrarily, who was your Aqualad in this issue? Which Titan did the best? I thought that Cyborg's decision to use a bazillion or a trillion... I, I believe it might be a bazillion decibels of sound to (laughs) fuck with the fart monster that he shot out of his hands was awesome yeah i agree and that is actually also my choice (laughs) is cyborg did the best plus he said to beast boy you should have called yourself the jerk it fits you better Mm -hmm. which it's such a simple diss but it's so funny i love it yeah most of the other titans weren't really that effective in this issue golden girl i mean um starfire yeah, her powers it's back. Fun. She tried to do her best, but she, her powers mostly backfired and yeah. made the creature stronger. She's super powerful. Yeah, uh, seems like. Yeah, she's very, very powerful. A lot of hair. Uh, yes, yes. A ton of hair, and maybe it's on fire. Tough to tell. Mm. It's also weird that she is the third character named Starfire uh, in the DC Universe. One we saw in issue 18, which was the Russian dude, was named Starfire, that was also created by Marv Wolfman. He has a thing. He likes to use certain names. Mm -hmm. But there was also another character in the DC universe who was like a space barbarian lady who was named Starfire. And it was a very problematic series for a number of reasons. Crazy alien slave revolt thing where evil aliens took over her planet and specially bred her to be half Asian, which... Is yeah, just whoa, a weird that they were kind of like saying like that was almost her superpower. It's a weird story. There's some really good stuff in it, but it's a it's I can't really fully recommend it as a series. It's really weird, but it is also kind of okay, like space barbarian shit for the most part. Mm. Not as good as Kill Raven. Kill Raven is great, but uh, yeah, this is the third Starfire that the DC universe has uh, introduced, and this is the one that really takes off. She she is a very popular character. So just, in summation, couple of things. Like I said, Not a Bad Issue introduces three new characters and a new team, which is a lot to get done in a 16-page introductory story that is a special insert in this comic book. That being said, And It Was All a Dream, or Was It?, is one of my least favorite literary devices, and it kind of bugs me. I think the only place it really worked was in that Nelson video. Uh, Where they go into the poster and rock out with Nelson. The twin yeah, the blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> that's Do it. you remember that video? No. But For some it. reason that video, like whenever it's a dream within a dream, like I know there's a ton of different things that have been done literarily in that way and that it's a total cliche, but that's the first one that my mind always goes to. And like whenever it is revealed that something is a dream within a dream, I always, I'm like, what is this? That goddamn Nelson video. Oh, shit. <laughs> Cause yeah, it was, he the kid wakes up and he's like, "Oh, it's all a solid dream." But then there's like a rose on his pillow or something. He's like, "Whoa, I guess it wasn't a dream after all, or the was it?" Left him a rose. I think so. It's weird. It's kind of hazy. I haven't seen this in probably about twenty years. Nope. Uh, we'll maybe, probably longer. We'll have to look this up. We actually probably will. I, I'll, I'll put a link to this on the Facebook page. Yeah, I think the worst example of it was the sequel to Rosemary's Baby that came out in, like, I think the late 90s. It was still by Ira Levine, but at the end of that book, it was like, and then everybody woke up, and it was all a dream. Not just the sequel to Rosemary's Baby, but reveals that Rosemary's Baby had all been a dream, too. And I was like, fuck you, you can't do that. And I think that is one of two instances in which I picked up a book and threw it across the room in anger. They really... Yeah. The other instance of that was when somebody described something as being shaped like an upside down potato. And I was just like, there's no such thing as a right side up potato. (laughs) And it just made me so angry that like you used a metaphor that conveys almost literally no information. And yeah, uh, at that instance, I I threw a book across the street because I was mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for staying tuned. And continuing and giving this new podcast a shot, if we have any new listeners who are starting off with this one, I I think it makes a pretty decent jumping-on point. You can still contact us at ttwasteland at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at at ttwasteland underscore. Uh, We've got a Tumblr page, ttwasteland.tumblr.com, if you're sensing any kind of a trend here. Uh, You can look us up on Facebook available itunes Potomatic, you know wherever you found this you're listening to this so obviously you stumbled across it somehow and thank you so much for doing so uh we're gonna keep going next week we will be doing a defenders issue and i'm really looking forward to that and then the following week we will take a look at new teen titans number one once again thanks for joining us and i hope you like this and we're gonna keep going and it'll be great indeed Quite, quite yes Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah. We need new catchphrases. We need new catchphrases. We're only one send issue deep. We haven't got them. them. What did you do? Oh, you just said send them in. I thought you would just come up with one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Incoherent mumbling to sign off. Mm. Right. The time up now. Do the time up. Everybody can do it now. Hawkman in She's No Angel. The golden statue of a raven certainly adds class to Ravenswood Square. But the mighty Hawkman is swept off his course. Falcons, dive-bombing me like a squad of feathered warplanes. And flown to a parapet high above the plaza. There you are, trained pigeons. Golden Raven. Yes, mine. And they'll hold you here until the gold statue in Ravenswood Square is also mine. There must be some way to dissuade her from her nefarious purpose. Well, these birds are holding me here. Got it. The golden statue is within my grasp. What? Hostess fruit pies, apple and cherry, irresistible flavor, real fruit filling, light, tender crust. The courts will soon clip your wings, Golden Raven. Those hostess fruit pies were so good; they took my mind off my birds and my hands off that statue. You get a big delight in every bite of hostess fruit pies. That that crust is not light and tender. If it's anything like the one we tried last time, no, it was a, a great lard and barley, <laughs> barley lard, barley lard. And they know it. And they know it. Let's go. So there was a sound effect that I forgot from the first story. It was from the first story. I thought you said it wasn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> Oops, you said we could. That's okay. What well, was said, the we'll sound get, effect? I said, we'll get to that later. Which, I... um, and it was uh, the sound effect was swoom, and it was the noise that um, Superman made when he first punched the green lantern imposter super, super, super far away. Okay, I think we're probably gonna get rid of that because it seems weird to plug that into this part of the conversation. <laughs> As the podcast juice talking. Yeah, sorry about that. Um,